Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Being a woman in our day and age is certainly easier than it was, say, 100 years ago. Our rights as women have slowly began to equal with men. Inequality and pay, both in the entrepreneurial and corporate world, has been brought to light. And we are slowly coming to gain our power in government and global decision making. However, in the wee hours of the night, when we are processing everything on our plates as women, like providing for families, growing humans, feeding humans, keeping partnerships and marriages alive, maintaining friendships and work relationships, making a house feel like a home, cooking, bills, business, our mental health, like should I keep going? It's in those wee hours of the night that most of us still don't acknowledge our own power and all that we are offering to the world on a daily and even hourly basis. I'm so excited today to have a very, very special guest with us, Jenna Finkston. Jenna is an embodied wisdom guide who normalizes the beauty, messiness, and wildness of being a woman and invites and guides women to reclaim their own wild power. Jenna, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Taylor. I'm so happy to be here with you. Likewise, I'm. We've been trying to plan this podcast um, for about six months now, <laughs> and the timing has always been off. But it's it's divine timing. There is a reason that we are doing this today and right here and right now, and somebody needs to hear this message. So I'm very excited it worked out. Yes, me too, Jenna. I just want to jump right in, and I would love to hear about your story. I know a very a very small bit of your story, but anybody who meets you knows that there is an incredible amount of depth to you within the first few moments of talking with you and just being in your your energy. So please, please, please share with us your story before you were the embodied wisdom guide that you are. Yeah. Um, you know, just as you said, everything has been divine timing, as we all know within our lives. And so all these different layers that I have been gifted within my life of my studies with yoga um, and with dance really sent me on a journey into the past few years. Um, I started studying with a very beautiful soul named Ashley Turner out of California, and she connected into the psychology roots of yoga. And I would go to Venice in 2017. I spent about seven weeks in California. And she was also um, a psychotherapist, or is actually. And she's very witchy and very shaman too. So she had all these different layers and modalities that just really brought more aliveness within my body and brought me back to some of my roots, which is that opportunity to really connect more into the somatic experience of the body. And we can do that in yoga. But I started to realize within my own yoga practice that I was becoming so rigid and alignment based which is which was beautiful it it set the foundation for so many things in my life but what i started to realize is that i was losing that connection of my animal body and my primal body and so that journey actually sent me um, into an invitation through a really difficult time in my life with a, a relationship an intimate relationship who was a beautiful man but i started to lose my connection as a woman with my sensuality and because, you know, the, the, the layer of intimacy and sex was not present within our relationship. And I felt like I was really dying from the inside out. And so I started to do, to do all this research on my own. And all of a sudden, I came across this woman named Jenna Ward, ironically, the same first name. And she, I know, it's so wild. And she had created this school called the Embodied Arts School. And I started to dive into her website and I started to read all of her blog posts. And there was something inside of me that just started to turn on. I started to feel like that passion again. So 
you know, not going too deep into that story, I finally said yes to the school, which was to become a certified embodiment coach. And I started to, as I moved through the progression of that school, which just blew my mind, and I started to integrate that within the layer of yoga and holding space uh, for people one-on-one, even within yoga sessions, and then also uh, my experience with studying dance for 12 years. And then I started to enter into primal movement with Jenna Ward, who created the School of Embodied Arts. And so basically what happened is I started to create my signature work with all of that. And so I call it primal embodied wisdom, which is returning back to our animal bodies and really reconnecting to our feeling body. You hear the word a lot, divine feminine energy or divine masculine energy. And within my work, you know, divine feminine energy definitely is an invitation for all of us to move into, but I don't believe it's the complete answer. I believe that we also need to find that balance with the divine masculine energy. So this all started to unfold. And that's kind of the short story (laughs) to how I evolved. (laughs) Okay. So I have, I have so many questions whirring through my head. So, so you and I met Jenna owns a yoga studio called Jala Blue in Buena Vista, Colorado. She also has her guide business, Jenna Finkston. Um, And so tell me the story about opening Jala Blue, because you're in a transitional phase in your business where you really want to start moving in and focusing on this primal movement, primal dance, and you're starting to introduce it at at your yoga studio. And I know I just had my first experience. I am not a dancer. I have never actually really been in touch with that part of of myself. But one of our mutual friends, Allison, invited me and and I texted her and I said, Hey, I just did a 12 mile bike ride today. Do you think I should go to Jenna's class? And she was like, yes. Do you know what it is? And I said, well, I, I know it's like primal something. And she goes, it's, she said, it's what your emotional body needs, not your physical body. And as soon as she said that something clicked with me and I was like, oh, I've got to be at this class. And then once I got to the class, I was like, there's not a snowball's chance that I'm going to be doing, you know, any of this primal move. And then by the end of class, I was standing in the rain, um, just spinning around. And it, I mean, it was incredible, but I, w- I would love to hear the story about opening the yoga studio and what this transition has looked like kind of introducing the, 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 the primal movement um, and the embodiment into your practice, because that's one of the reasons I started going to Jala Blue was I was craving something more spiritual than what I was getting at other studios that focused more on the workout of yoga and less on the spiritual side. I, I know that was just a lot of random things that I spitballed at you, but. No, I loved, I loved all of your invitations. And I do think part of our divine timing coming together is that you did say yes to the primal movement class last Mm -hmm. week. So, and that's just one layer, you know, of primal embodied wisdom. But yeah, when I opened the yoga studio in 2010, that in itself was like a leap of faith. And, you know, there wasn't a yoga studio here yet. Barely anybody was doing yoga. I think I had like maybe two to four classes a week. And that can be a bigger story at some point, but right, I'm sure. But that, but that in itself, you know, yoga's yoga. It was not an easy sell in this town, um, and not that I was trying to sell it, but you know, as the years have progressed, now we've been open for 12 years. It has become easier, but at times, uh, so many people, you know, are still very intimidated to take up space within their bodies and really feel beyond all the thoughts or where they where they have protection or where they're numbing out within their bodies because then we have to go into the portal of actually feeling and at times um, we're entering into suffering and we're entering into pain but there's also times when we're entering into joy and pleasure and expanding that within our lives and that's why we're here and even the passionate aspects of life connect us into pain you know, the heartbreak, the heart opening, it's like they're, they're lovers, and they're always going to be there. So it's how do we, how do we embrace all layers? 
And then as I started to enter more into, I mean, I've always been a believer in allowing your body to move. Sometimes I don't always like to use the word dance because people can get really caught up in their head with that word. I'm not a good dancer. Yep. You know, I'm <laughs> that. Um, and, and it's really more about moving, just like Allison said, is inviting your emotional body to lead you or your energetic body to lead you. It's like you may be feeling even discomfort in your right shoulder and you're in my class. And so you start to kind of just breathe into that right shoulder and you move it in a really gentle way. Some people lay down the entire time. Some people are moving wildly, you know, like wild animals. Sound is huge as you experienced within the class. So any sounds are welcome. Uh, within the class, but I may be losing our, our, our train of thought here too. But yeah, for me, primal movement, what I'm starting to witness is that even though it's another tough sell in my life, mm -hmm. <laughs> because people are actually um, somewhat terrified of it. They're not quite sure what, what it is. And I get that. You almost have to experience it. But it's also saying yes to going into places within yourself that you feel discomfort or you feel awkward. But we have to go into those spaces and places, I believe, in order to create more freedom uh, within the body. So I want to I want to know, Jenna, as you say, like taking up space in our own bodies, that is such a a moving statement. What do you notice a common thread between the students that you're working with? Because you work primarily with women. Men flock to you too because of your energy, because you are so, you're just like this magnet. Like people are just drawn to you, but you do love working with women. Have you noticed a common thread in the women who do show up to you? Not necessarily age or stage of life, but what's one thing that you see across the board when people are finally ready to make that commitment? Is there, what is it about that moment of being ready and saying yes, that, that, that you witness? Yeah, I think most, well, I know most women who, you know, are ready to step into the, you know, embodied wisdom invitation or work or practice because it's a daily practice. I mean, they do one-on-one -on -one sessions with me, but, and, and just doing one session with me is, is beneficial and very, and beautiful and profound and powerful. But really I have quite a few clients that, you know, depending on what's going on in their life, they may do several sessions with, and it's, it's an opportunity to stay connected to the body because so many of us are so disembodied, you know, we can't always be embodied. There's a lot of us that are so disconnected. So most women, when they do come to me, they've lost that, that connection with themselves. Maybe they're moms, they're wives, they, you know, they have kiddos. And so they're nurturing so much that they've lost that connection to themselves. They've lost that, that feeling of passion. They've lost that feeling of sensuality or even feeling sexy within their bodies, which is a huge passion of mine within this work, you know, is... For a woman, we don't need to have a partner to feel that sensuality of life or to feel that that invitation of just feeling yummy in our everyday lives, you know. But many women will come to me, they feel flat, they feel overwhelmed, um, they feel disconnected, they feel unworthy. Unworthy is a huge piece. You know, they're comparing themselves to a million other women and so how do we get back into our bodies and take up space and recognize that there's nobody like us out there, you know, that, that, that you yourself, you know, Taylor Fisher is unique and that you have all these innate gifts to offer to the world and that there's nobody else like you. There's nobody else like me, but we can still go to those spaces and places. And, and one more thing on that, you know, the word embodied to be embodied means to inhabit inhabit your full self to take up space but there's so many times when we're clipping our wings because we're being so judgmental of ourselves or we're feeling that unworthiness or there's no way there's no way I could make this happen in my life and all these walls come up so Jenna what are your tips for staying connected to your body because I start I found you at a time where mine was physical pain. And that was my body's way of, te of getting me to cue in that something wasn't right. And now I'm now that I'm in my, you know, moving into my mid 30s, I'm in a more um, emotional shift, like just transitional phase. 
and I'm able to tune in a little bit, but how do you, without, you know, giving us a full, a full mentorship lesson, how do you teach these women to really stay connected to your body? And what are some of the the tips that like somebody listening to right now could like put this on pause and just check in with quickly? Yeah. I mean, I think more than anything, and, and we can do something kind of fun just for a second, you know, in a second. Yes. Um, like, but, um, you know, our, our society is so about productivity and the art of doing <laughs> all the time. So we don't know how to always slow down and take sacred pauses and feel. And really, it takes, it doesn't really take that much time. It's, you wake up in the morning and you take a pause and you close your eyes for a moment and you just notice, you know, what is there within the internal landscape, the internal body. Another beautiful way to embody, you know, just within your body or even to connect into sensations or textures within the body to say hello to your breathing body is to go through all the senses you know, these senses that we forget about and just the simplicity of smells and touch and, you know, what you're seeing, what you're hearing. And then, you know, within the embodied world, one of the, the nugget words is the felt sense. You know, we all feel sadness at times and then we all feel that joy at times. But I know what that means, but what does it feel like to you? So do you want to do something? I would love to do something. Let's okay. do it. So you can keep your eyes, you know, softly open if that's what feels nurturing within your body, or you can close the eyes. But just bring one palm to the heart and one palm to your belly. And take in a few deep breaths. Just allow your breath to take up space within the body. And I refer to the breath as our beloved, because our breath is our life force, the opportunity of creating space within the body. And then just start to soften the eyelids. Allow the eyebrows to relax. And in between the eyebrows, And just start to notice the shadows and the light, the shapes, the movement, the stillness. And start to notice the sounds, the sounds internally the sounds within your sacred space. And even noticing the air on your skin or the clothing that is touching your skin. The smells. And then just noticing within your body any sensations that are pulling you in. Any energy within the body or even if you're stuck within the thoughts, the thoughts also have feelings. The stories have feelings. And then just take in a couple more breaths, just breathing in. And breathing out. And then when you're ready, just gently opening the eyes. Jenna, what a gift. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, right? To really connect to the body is 
can be such a challenge for all of us because we have the external world constantly, constantly pulling us out. But I do believe that the more we can take time in the sacred pause, we can even teach our children this. It's so important. How do we how do we teach them to actually feel? So when they when you know they are throwing temper tantrums, this is just one example, right? They're angry, they're frustrated. How do we invite them to actually feel what is moving on the inside or not moving on the inside? And even as a, adults, we lose this. We lose this connection. And I believe that it brings us, if we can connect to our bodies every day and we allow ourselves to feel everything, you know, we don't hide behind the shame. We don't hide behind the guilt. We don't hide behind being a woman who is a who is a, a sexual woman, a passionate woman, but she has hidden herself for years. You know, I could go on and on with so many stories. Then we're not living our truth. And if we're not living our truth, then we're not magnetizing what we want to bring into our lives, what aligns with us, what brings us joy, what brings us peace, what brings us ease. That, that was so beautiful. And that was such a gift. And truthfully, it was a total of three minutes. I mean, it didn't take long to totally shift, shift the energy and shift, you know, where we're sitting and probably where the rest of this conversation is going to go. And I I love that you brought up teaching toddlers to do this because it's so, it's so ironic that as people in their thirties or twenties or forties or fifties, however old you are with kids, we expect toddlers to be able to manage their emotion. And of all humans on the planet, they should be given the most grace and, you know, free ticket. But I can tell my son all day long, don't do that. Don't act like that. Why are you doing this? How come X, Y, Z? And I can, as a 34 year old woman, manage my own emotions. (laughs) And so it's so hypocritical to be doing that with my son. And one of the things that we did start doing is I grew up um, feeling everything in my stomach, everything everything starts in my gut. And I ended up going to doctors, uh, going to the hospital and they put me on like, you know, all these, like just changing my diet, putting me on, what was it? Mineral oil I had to drink because all I could say was my stomach hurt. And it wasn't my stomach hurt. It was where all my feelings and my anxiety were. And so whenever we started noticing that in our four-year-old, I wanted to flip the script. And so anytime he feels happy, proud, excited. I ask him where he feels it in his body because I want him to be able to associate the good feelings as well as the bad. But I feel like we get so in tune with just the bad feelings and where they manifest themselves and where they hide. Um, Mine's in my gut, migraines, my eye is is usually a uh, sacrificial lamb is my eye. So I wanted my boys to be, especially being boys, I wanted them to be able to feel where it felt good in their body and what that felt like. And it's really it's really helped me as their mom because my oldest, anytime he's proud, happy, he says he feels it right here in his cheeks and in his eyes. But if he's nervous, he feels it in his gut. And so it's been really it's been a really interesting journey with him trying to get a four-year-old to communicate with me where he feels happiness and pride and excitement. I love that. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jenna. One yeah. of the things that I've I've heard you bring up quite a few times, and I love that you say this, is that you don't need a partner to feel sexual, to feel sensuality, to feel yummy, as one of the words that you just used in your own life. And you always refer to ourself, like to yourself in our classes as your own lover. And I think the first class I ever took with you, you said you are the you are the only person that you have in your life. You're the person that you're born into this world with, and you're the person that you die with. Can you touch more on that? Because you're the first person and only person that I've ever heard refer to our own self as our first and our first lover, our first and our last lover. Can you touch more on that? Because that just really, it really spoke to me. And I imagine that it would speak to other, other women as well. Yeah, it's really a a passionate place for me. I mean, even when you're connecting uh, those words back to me, I, I have tears, you know, swelling up in my eyes, because it's one thing that I'm so passionate about within my work in all layers, whether I'm holding space as a yoga teacher, or an embodied guide, or holding space within primal movement, or as a friend, you know, I think one of the most 
important relationships within our lives is to lean into ourselves as a lover and our bodies. And when I say bodies, I don't mean just the physical body. You know, our physical body definitely is where we enter, but then we have the emotional body and the energetic body and the spiritual body and the mind. And, and this work of embodied wisdom is, is bringing us, how do we live more in the heart space? How do we live more into the lower part of the body. The mind's not bad, but how even within that, how does the heart and the mind even communicate as lovers? So the mind's not hijacking the heart and sending us into, you know, wild negative beliefs about ourselves. So when I say, you know, lean into yourself like a lover, it's also that that fire, but it's also the tenderness. And you may have heard me say this a lot in class, but we need the fire and the tenderness in order to create a catalyst of alchemy or a shift or transformation or forgiveness and to deepen that awareness of of who am I beyond this physical body? Who am I beyond all the labels? You know, like, yes, you're a mom, you're a photographer, and now you lead podcasts and you have all these different labels. You're a woman. But we also know that you're so much more beyond that your essence, you know? And so that relationship with your spirit, I can't say it enough. It's that is what brings us into an opportunity of freedom within our lives. Because if we don't know ourselves, if we don't love ourselves, and believe me, it's not like I love myself every single day. We're all human, right? It's like some days we're like, I love you. And then other days we're like, (laughs) I don't love you. (laughs) You know, I mean, but, but, we want to get to a space and a place that we can offer that tenderness and that compassion to ourselves. So just like you invite us into with your invitations to your children, you know, it's like then we can hold more space for our children or our, our lovers, our actual partners or our friends. But I, I truly believe that, that that love starts with ourselves. I Every time you say that, it just makes me want to cry because I might, I mean, I I don't remember a time where I wasn't critical, talking negatively, just awful to myself. And it wasn't until this last year that I finally went, something's got to change. I just, I cannot keep doing this. I started dieting when I was 11 years old. And before that, I was very aware of my physical body. But then once I started speaking poorly to my emotional body and my feeling body and my true essence, who, who I am and criticizing that and not just in a, in an off the cuff comment, but in a very brutal way, that's when I decided one to meet you and two you know, find a therapist, read some really great Brené Brown books about self-compassion and self-love. And I mean, it's been a big change that I'm starting already to not recognize that person that was so awful to my, my own self. And so hearing you talk about who we are and our, that first relationship and longest relationship we'll have is with ourself. Oh, it just, it makes me want to cry. I just, I appreciate your approach on that so much, Jenna. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Jenna, what, what, what have been some of the limiting beliefs that you've had to overcome about this industry or about the work that you're doing? Cause like you said, you've had to educate quite a few people not just once, but twice now, being where we live and just the, you know, the demographics of where we live. What, what have been some of those limiting beliefs or big hurdles that you've had to overcome on your entrepreneurial and spiritual journey? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, really to start off with, it's being in a small town, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, just speaking within yoga, when I started the yoga studio, I mean, nobody was coming. I mean, I had two classes a week and I was lucky if I got three people in one class, you know? <laughs> That's so funny because, I mean, there were, what, eight eight people at the primal class just alone yeah. the other night? Oh, my yeah. gosh. And now, you know, my studio now, we, you know, it, it, it. some classes are big, some classes are small. You know, it's all over the board. And I'm very blessed to also have nine teachers um, that can also hold beautiful space. But you know, I've, you know, I still go through self-doubt. I still go through feeling unworthy. Just because I'm holding space for this work doesn't mean that I'm always like, I am so worthy and I feel it in my body and I'm, I'm, you know, nothing's going to hold me back. I mean, I still go to those places. And I think that those places are needed because 
it's an ongoing practice. I mean, every day embodied wisdom is a practice. Every day that I hear a myth within my body. So one of my portals is wisdom. I have four main portals within primal embodied wisdom and wisdom underneath it is move the myth into the truth. So, you know, even if you and I were doing a session and I, and we were going into the physical body, I would say to you, Taylor, how does it feel to be harsh on yourself with your physical body? It's not love your physical body. It's not love your, your right leg or your, or your belly or your, or your breasts, or whatever it is, you know, you would probably say it doesn't feel good. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good. It it actually feels quite toxic within the felt sense, you know, the internal body. And so then we have to almost get logical within that to a certain extent. You know, I like to live more in the heart space than always being logical, but if it feels yucky in your body, then it's a myth. So then how do we start to move towards the invitation of loving our bodies, you know, in in whatever way they are and embracing that invitation? It's It's an ongoing practice. But I feel that many times, even within my line of work, I think that unfortunately, social media can have some havoc on that, right? We're we're Mm -hmm. comparing ourselves to others within this line of work. We're reading something they wrote and we're like, oh my God, that was in the most amazing paragraph I've ever, you know, read in my life. And then all of a sudden we go into the judgment, you know, I'll never be able to write like this or a book, you know, or I listen to a podcast and somebody speaks so eloquently and even coming on today with you. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, what if I say something that's a little bit off or somebody doesn't agree with me out there or this or that, you know, we go into all these different pockets and we're all just human, right? It's like none of us share the same innate gifts. We may share similarities, but just like I spoke to in the very beginning, there's nobody like Taylor Fisher and there's nobody like Jenna Finkston and there's enough beautiful humans in this world to be drawn to, you know, what you're holding that are going to be magnetized towards you. And the same goes for me, but it's a practice. Every day I wake up. It is. So I feel like the mind body is often in control. We often let our mind just run. We let the mind take over the wheel and wreak havoc. And it, it felt like in that, in that short exercise we did earlier, just getting in touch just the simple act of getting in touch with the physical body and the feeling body. It, it, it allows you to say, that's a lie, that is not truth. Because one of the books that I read, um, Untethered Soul, was all about like, your mind is like a really stupid, annoying roommate. It's just constantly talking. And would you ever stick around and listen to a really annoying roommate comment on everything and, you know, just how quickly it can flip flop from like happy to sad and what, you know, just change its, its take on, a, on situations like the drop of a hat. It's just, it's absolutely mind blowing to me how much power we give our mind and just let it run and wreak havoc that just, again, the simple act of spending three minutes checking in with your physical body on how something actually feels inside and letting that take over for a little while and, and drive the car for a while. Yeah. And it's even, I want to come back because this would be a good connection. You said earlier, it's amazing how much energy we can direct towards our more negative feelings or thoughts Mm. with our bodies, right? That's another huge practice within embodied wisdom is, okay, oh my gosh, I'm giving so much energy right now to this myth. Like I'm giving Mm. all this energy to how this vision, this vision that I want to step forward into is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And yet it's something that I so passionately believe in and I'm so ready to open my heart because I can feel it in my belly and I can feel it in my heart. I desire this. You know, we can give so much energy and direct our energy to these more negative feelings. And even, you know, even within our emotions, right? If we're grieving, um, perhaps, you know, we've lost a beautiful soul within our lives or we've entered into the space of heartbreak with a partner, that doesn't mean that we can't still experience joy and laughter, Mm -hmm. pleasure. So also just noticing where are you, you know, where are you directing a lot of your energy and does it feel good or does it not feel good? And how do you want to direct your energy? And just coming back to, you know, us dropping in just for three minutes today, you could do that three times a day. That's nine minutes a day. 
it's only nine minutes a day to say hello to your body I know. and just see what is there. And see what, what, what happens. I mean, if you did that, if you did nine, if you got crazy 10 minutes a day, every day for like, you know, give it two weeks and see what shifts and what, because it, it is training. I mean, it's, you have to go through a training process and, but it's, but it is incredible how quickly things shift just in a three minute period. You might not be able to do it subconsciously for a while, but in that three minute exercise, you will feel a shift. But if you could commit to doing it every day for weeks and months and years, it all becomes second nature. It would be really wonderful to see what changes in people's lives if they could commit. Yeah, I love it. And also, you know, even just, I keep coming back to your little ones because I think it's so important. You know, let's say one of your little ones is feeling angry. And so you're asking him, you know, what does that feel like within your body? And where is it within your body? And so Mm -hmm. even as adults, you know, if we tap into those more difficult emotions or sensations within our body and we just take a pause, which means we're offering tenderness. Okay. I'm feeling really angry right now. Like I really am feeling it, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, we start to slow it down a little bit and we start to offer it that compassion and that tenderness. And we can start to shift it a little bit. It doesn't mean that we're not still maybe upset about that situation or that story, but we start to shift it into a space and place of compassion. And a huge part of embodied wisdom is moving our lives into a place of compassion. And the more we do that for ourselves, it just naturally moves out into the world. Can you share, Jenna, more about the portals? I feel like this is a good segue into what you just touched on. You said that there's four portals in your work that you focus yeah, on. So you have a big smile yeah. on your face. There's so much to these portals, to be honest. Oh, I can I can only imagine. Yeah. I created these with a very dear friend of mine who does all, a lot of branding work. Matter of fact, she was the one that helped me develop uh, Jala Blue, my yoga studio's logo. And which is beautiful. Yeah. And so one weekend we came together and I hired her an entire weekend. I mean, we were just together 24 seven and I created these four portals and these portals, it doesn't mean you have to stay within these portals. They're, they're just um, openings for us to enter into the body and then explore and branch out. So the first portal is an offering of protection and so, so many times in our lives, obviously, we have that protection on. You could think of it as armor. And it's not bad or good. It just is. And it could be about setting healthy boundaries, you know, a little bit of that protection. Or it could be about we've had armor over our heart space because we don't, we, we don't want to hurt. We don't want to hurt here any longer when it comes to love, right? We don't want to open the heart and be vulnerable. And so within, uh, within this first portal protection, the opposite of that is if we were to take the armor off, that perhaps there's infinite possibilities beneath that armor. It's when, when we keep, you know, we have a story of shame in our bodies and we keep feeding the shame. We're not telling our story. We just keep feeding the shame with our own guilt. And so it can't breathe. What if? to move into it we were to take off that armor we were to share our story tell our story we start to move the energy a little bit we move the frozen into the flow and then we start to open up to freeing ourselves a little bit opens up possibilities and like i said there's so much to each one and each one has a symbol this one represents earth and the symbol is um taken from a turtle (laughs) and then the second one brings us into alchemy. And the symbol for this one um, is taken from the rising phoenix, and it represents fire. So alchemy obviously is also transformation, the catalyst of change and shift. Mm-hmm. And there's so many times in our lives where we, we really need to feel the fire, right? It's like that story of shame that I brought up in the first portal. It's like when we, when we start to take off the protection or the armor of our story of shame, we actually we're kind of at that place where enough is enough. I'm tired of feeling this in my body, you know? So the fire needs to rise. The fire needs to rise. And 
at the same time, the opposite of that is the tenderness. So that's the fire and the tenderness coming together. And then the third one is the invitation of flow. And that is that is taken the symbol, and you can't see the symbols, obviously, because you guys can't see me and I don't have them in front of me, <laughs> but it's taken from the whale and the spout of the whale. And flow is the invitation of moving the frozen into the flow. It's also about pleasure. It's like we're here to expand pleasure and joy in our lives. And we forget about that. Like when you're really feeling pleasure in your body, you know, for whatever reason, you know, you're in the middle of the mountains and you're looking out at the majestic views, you know, and you just feel this full body hit of just peace and ease. We take a moment, we expand it, we let it in, we breathe into it. Or maybe you're looking into your lover's eyes and there's this this immense love within your body. Expand it, be with that person and let them know. We don't always do that. We don't even take time to really look at our the people who are within our lives every day to really see them. It's like, okay, bye. See you later. Bye, bye, bye. Love you. Love you. We're not actually there. Absolutely. So that's, and then the last one is wisdom. The last one is wisdom. And this is taken from the owl and the element is air. And by the way, flow is water. And this is moving the myth and the truth into the truth because so many women that I hold space from really, it all comes down to them receiving their innate wisdom. That's already there. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like the banks of the river and I jump in the, to the flow with them, but really the wisdom is already within the flow of their body and they already know the myths. And so we come back around and we open up to the truth. And this is when we feel alignment. This is when we feel embodied. What would you say to someone, Jenna, who's afraid to feel that? Yeah. Like somebody who's afraid to feel that joy, somebody who's afraid to feel that power, that vulnerable, because you have to get super vulnerable yeah. to be able to listen to your own wisdom. Well, what would you say to somebody who's just absolutely fearful of it? Interested, but fearful. Yeah. Well, it depends. Have they said yes to a session yet? Or they're just asking me questions. <laughs> so, just let's say just asking questions yeah, I think that was- <laughs> or just, just listening to this. But the thought of the thought of coming into your own power is just paralyzing. Yeah. Scary. It's really scary to really be who we are and to really be who mm-hmm. we are is where we're powerful. And we're afraid that we're going to be too much, you know, Mm-hmm. That's a big one for women. I'm afraid I'm too much. Well, I feel like we get that a lot. I mean, women get told you're too much, you're too emotional, you're too you're too much of a bitch. Like if, if a woman and a man act in the same way, the man is a strong person who knows what he wants and the woman gets coined yeah, a bitch. Absolutely. And so so how I mean, yeah. how do you even start to come in or I mean, I've been told that I yell too loud and I'm like You've never heard me yell ever. This is just me passionate about something. And so um, I'm terrified. I mean, I would be terrified. I am terrified of like what that would look like to actually come into my whole power. And I know I'm not the only one thinking that. Ah, So No, and me included. You know, this is why I share this work because I'm, I will forever be moving into this work with my own body, you know, and it will never end. I mean, I've been doing this yoga mm-hmm. since, you know, I was in my late 20s. And prior to that, I was a dancer. And so it's nonstop for me. And I think that if somebody, you know, first of all, one of my superpowers in this world is, and I feel very confident and blessed, is that people feel very comfortable with me. I would 100% attest to that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be doing, I mean, I've been holding space one-on-one sessions for 13 years, you know, within yoga one-on-one sessions. And it always was the, it's always the emotional body. And people may sit on that mat and all of a sudden they just start allowing tears to move and they don't even, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, and that's the first thing we say sometimes as women, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just started mountain biking at like, one morning a week with some mom friends and we finally 
said, okay, we got to stop saying sorry, because inevitably somebody goes faster, somebody goes slower, the slower people are like, I'm so sorry, I'm doing my best. The person who went faster apologizes for going too fast. And it's like, we finally went, you know what, we're done. Nobody's allowed to apologize ever again on this trail. Like we're all out here doing our best. You you want to bring them something next time you go out together? Every time somebody, everybody, anytime somebody says, I'm sorry, they have to say, I mean, I'm sexy. <gasps> I love that. Oh, Jenna, I was I I thought I thought you were gonna say throw a rock at him. So I I like I like that a lot. Better. I had a dear friend teach me this once. And like even when we're in a grocery store, it's like you say you're sorry to somebody for the silliest reasons. And so if I'm at a grocery store and I say, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm like, I may not say it super loud, but like, I mean I'm sexy. <laughs> I'm going to run into you at the grocery store just so I can hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring that to your club. Bring that to your mountain mama bike club. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Why do we, why do we do that though? What now? Why do we do that? Why, like from what you've seen in this work, why, why do we go, why, why do we apologize? I think this showing up. This is a part of our lineage. I, I feel that even though, you know, I loved uh, what you said in the very beginning, but women still come from a lineage of we're still, we're still learning how to take up space mm-hmm. within our lives. We're still learning how to claim our power. We're still learning how to say, I am a more voluptuous woman and I feel so fucking sexy. Mm-hmm. we're still learning how to say, you know what? I want to thrive in this life, not the next life, but in this life. And I am just going to go for it. I'm not going to clip my wings anymore. I'm going to expand my wings. But in order for us to do that, I truly believe we have to come back into the feeling body and we got to move. We got to move all the frozen and all of the myths into a different place and space that there's, so there's space inside of us to, to grow and to move and to be primal and to be soft and loving and to also roar when we need to roar. I mean, one thing that I've been doing for the past couple of years and people are a little bit taken off guard is setting boundaries. I've always been mm-hmm. like lovely, happy Jenna and I still am. I'm very playful, but I also was always the Jenna with, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yes, 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 yes. And now I'm like, no, that's not okay. No, I don't feel aligned with that. And it feels so empowering. It, it does. Absolutely. I, I'm, I've been learning about not just even like how to set boundaries with my therapist, but what they are and what they are not and how they're supposed to work in this world and how we utilize them for ourselves and for others. And it has been mind blowing to get to just learn like what boundaries actually are and how they are to be used yeah. um, before I even learn how to set my own. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such an empowering place. And that's definitely a, a place we go into within my embodied work is how do we, how does it feel to set healthy boundaries? And then what are unhealthy boundaries too? Because we yeah. also have to learn what an unhealthy, unhealthy boundary is with ourselves or with somebody else or the world. You know, we, we need to know Absolutely. the difference between healthy and unhealthy. Yeah. Jenna, do you have a favorite failure? Since failures are just are just stepping stones to where we ultimately need to be. Do you have a favorite one? Favorite failure. Oh my gosh, I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer ever. <laughs> I do. I really have so many and so many of them become stories which, you know, we always are so scared to at times share and be vulnerable within our shadows, right? Mm-hmm. Or those stories, I, I just keep coming back to shame or those stories of shame or feeling unworthy. And yet those are actually some of the most powerful openings that we can go into our body in order to free ourselves. And they become part of our work. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, when I was young, I was a dedicated cheerleader. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. But that totally fits your energy. And now you're a cheerleader for other women. Imagine. And and <laughs> I get really nervous um, when it comes to tests or tryouts. I always have. I, I deal with extreme anxiety 
I started dealing with a lot of anxiety when I was a little girl, although it wasn't labeled that way. And, Mm -hmm. and so long story short, I was like one of the best cheerleaders. I mean, I was, I was like one of the best. I even, we were on ESPN, you know, (gasps) that's awesome. How funny. I know. And then I tried out for my, I think it was my freshman year or no, it was my sophomore, junior year. I can't remember. And you know, you have all these judges and my coach was in the back and he was watching me and he was this beautiful, beautiful man. And I got in front of them and I forgot everything. I forgot every word of every chant. I forgot every movement. I froze up. I cried and I walked out the door and I did not make the cheerleading squad. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had no idea about you, that 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 was a chapter of your life. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like the worst day of my life. It was back then the worst day of my life. Oh yeah, of course. Yet it sent me, I mean, after a while, it sent me into another opportunity, another direction. And every single time I fail, every single time, I would say almost 100% of the time, we know this, other opportunities open up. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you could have a billboard on I-25, is that what it would say? <laughs> what, 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 would your, what would your message be to the world if you could have a billboard on I-70, I-25? I-70 stretches all the way back to the East Coast. So let's say I-70. Oh, goodness. That is... Mm, I think you are so worthy. Ooh. I mean, I could say a few things, you know, but it's like, I think that that when I hold space... Or when I hear all these stories that I love listening to, it always comes back. It always comes back to you are worthy. You are worthy. It's as simple as that. I love that so much. I would love to drive by that. I would just go to the front range so I could drive by that billboard or to Kansas, wherever I needed to go to drive by that. Yeah. Jenna, um, when I have one last question and then... I'd love to hear about what you're offering. When was the last time that you didn't feel like enough? I mean, I feel like as, as women, it's like 99 times a day, but what was the, when was the last time that, that stands out to you that you just did not, that itty bitty shitty committee showed up. Itty bitty shitty committee. That's a, that's a Heather Baron coin. Um, The itty bitty shitty committee showed up and you were just, just didn't feel like enough. Well, this is being vulnerable, but this is what my work is all about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the school, um, embodied arts school was, was really intense for me. And because I was doing the work, I was doing the work as I was moving through this school and my life has, a, a natural rhythm to it, which is called everything takes so long, you know, really yeah. <laughs> I could give you a million stories, but you know, like I stayed in my mom's belly for two extra weeks and they had to induce her. So that's like been my life. And so I actually took the school twice because I felt like the first time through, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I need to go through this whole process again. Like this, there's so much. And I started this in 2018. And then I can't remember, I think it was in 2000. I mean, I was working with people. I've been working with people for a couple of years. And then finally, when I, when I took the test and we also had to hand in these videos I did not pass my first time wow oh yeah and it wasn't necessarily about I mean sure that was there that piece of feeling unworthy I'd been through that school two years in a row I had gone through those modules over and over and over I was like so passionate about this work that like I would read these modules and I would just be yelling in my house. Oh my God, this is insane. This is amazing. This is it. This is the work, you know? And then I handed in my videos and I knew deep down inside my videos weren't good enough. You know, it was with real clientele and Mm -hmm. it was kind of crazy, but long story with that. And I didn't pass. And I thought, this is a story in your life over and over and over and over. You know, like it just takes you a little bit longer. And I went to a place within myself that my whole body contracted, you know, just everything contracted. 
You got small. I got so small. Mm-hmm. And um, I did have a meeting with the school. And then they actually brought me into a space and a place of like, Jenna, we see, like, you know how to hold space. You know how to hold space. And, but you're not crossing the T's. Like, I needed to show them, like, actual tools within all these videos, but I was just being Jenna Finkston. You know, this is who mm-hmm. I am. This is the embodied wisdom guide that I am. But really I had to just show them all the tools within these videos. And then they were like, and then you're free to do whatever you want. Oh so my gosh. There was a couple stories to this. Yeah. I went to this unworthy piece, but then it was like, we know, you know how to hold space. You're amazing. We see it in these videos, but you got to go through these tools just for this school and then we'll set you free and do anything you want. So for me, it's like I never go by the rules. I'm always a little bit of a, a mischief goddess in this world. I love that. And I, I, I love that you know that so much about yourself because I feel like 98% of the people who if they had not passed you know, that first time there, there's no way they would go back and repeat it or do it again. And everything that you, that you do, like you said, takes a little bit longer. And I love that you know that about yourself because how many opportunities would you have given up on and go, Oh, that's a sign from the universe. That's that, that's a sign. I just need to throw the towel in now. I feel like a lot of people would take that and, and run with it, but I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for staying in tune with with all the all the feelings and you know all the all the layers that that are Jenna staying in tune with those to know nope this is exactly where I need to be this is my calling and I am not throwing in the towel now I'm proud yeah. of you yeah and thank you and also just really quick you know it's like also acknowledging this is part of the embodied world it's like I threw my mm-hmm. temper tantrums and I was letting myself throw my temper tantrums you know as a fifty year old woman you know and then there was also this the staying with the uncomfortableness, right? Like, uh, you know, staying with the uncomfortableness and allowing my fire to be felt. You know, I was mad. I was definitely mad, Mm -hmm. you know, but then there is this tenderness and this compassion of waves. And that's what moved me forward. And that's what, you know, now brought me into this space and place of holding space. I'm Jenna, I'm so grateful for this conversation today. Thank you so much. If you go, so if somebody wants to work with you, I'm on your website right now. If you go to Jenna Finkston, P-F-I-N-G-S-T-O-N, and we'll have it in the show notes, you can download Jenna's free ebook. And um, Jenna, but you're also working on some bigger projects. You have a course you're working on. Can you share with us about how people can get in touch with you, how they can work with you, what you're working on with the course right now? Just share with us all the things. Yeah, so... If they go to my website, so I have a separate website for my yoga studio, but jennafinkston.com is the embodied wisdom work. And uh, you can definitely book a session with me. Um, And for the month of July and August, I'm actually doing a special on those sessions. And I I do sessions online. Um, I work with quite a few people around the world online and then also in person. I am working on a really exciting offering that will be a five-week launch. And I don't have the exact date yet, but probably going to launch in October. So, you know, you'll start seeing um, more about that come September. And it's called Reawaken Your Wild Power. And it has all the layers of primal embodied wisdom. So you'll, you'll be able to drop into videos with me of embodied yoga There'll be a couple voice drop-in meditations um, connecting into the body and one video with primal movement. And then once a week, we'll be meeting online to drop into how do we become a powerful embodied woman. And then there's also, um, if anybody wanted to jump online with me now, I do teach on Insight Timer Embodied Yoga, usually on Wednesday and Saturday mornings at 7.15 a.m. Thank you so much, Jenna. And again, we're going to put all the ways that you can reach out to Jenna, work with her, find out more about her in the show notes. But I am 
So, 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 so grateful for your time today. So grateful for the timing and how it actually worked out. Again, we were supposed to record this six months ago. So I'm very grateful that it happened today and not six months ago. But just thank you so much for for, um, holding space for us and everybody who's going to listen to this and for being here today. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. I really feel humble that you asked me too. So it was a blessing to be here with you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, and we will see you guys next time on The Fearless Vampire.